Good morning, folks. This is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. Her is an acronym for heroic, empowering, and resilient. And we are a self-improvement, self-acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. The main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversities. Each of us has a story. Maybe it was an illness or financial burdens, a dead-end job, just unforeseen circumstances in general, and you may have felt isolated or alone. But because you feel like you hit rock bottom, that doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you are facing, but they didn't give up. In fact, they use their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you. You are her, heroic, empowering, and resilient. Magnificent morning again, guys. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Jay Jameson, and we're on episode nine. This week's topic is Above the Statistics, the journey of a single black mother featuring the Rimble sisters, Yatora and Yolanda. As a black woman, we overcome many hardships, and as women alone, we overcome many barriers without the help of others. Today's topic, we are facing and focusing on the journey of being a single parent. Let's talk facts. Statistics show that a disproportionate number of black children under 18 live in single parent homes. The percentage of white children under 18 who live with both parents almost doubles that of black children. According to the data, 74.3% of all white children below the age of 18 live with both parents, and only 38.7% of black minors can say the same. Instead, more than one-third of all black children in our country under the age of 18 live with unmarried mothers, compared to 6.5% of white children. The figures reflect a general trend. During the 1960s to 2016 period, the percentage of children living with only their mother nearly tripled from 8 to 23%, and the percentage of children living with only their father increased from 1 to 4%. A single-parent household is, a genera- is generational within our community, specifically the Black household. For instance, my mother's father passed away when she was only four years old, leaving my grandmother with five children and the battle to raise each of them on her own, which is a perfect segue to our topic at hand. Today, as previously mentioned, I have with me two powerful sisters. No, really, they're biological sisters who have continuously sacrificed and made ends meet to provide the best for their children. I have with me Yatora, Rimble, and Yolanda. Ladies, say hello to the audience listening in. Hi. Hello. <laughs> hey. So, you Tori, tell them a little about yourself, or you're also known as Tori. Okay, I am a native to Louisiana, um, daughter of Bobby Shuja, and I uh, graduated from Southern University in uh, chemistry. Go at you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah, I uh, graduated uh, from Southern, and I'm working in my field now, uh, chemistry. I, I'm a quality chemist at Honeywell, and I am the mother of a bright four-year-old daughter by the name of Tia. And she really is amazing. I have to say that she's in here right now, guys. So if you do hear anyone in the background, that's just her. <laughs> and what about you, Yolanda? 
Um, so I'm Yolanda. I'm the elder of the two. Um, we originate from Point P Parish from Louisiana. Um, I'm also a graduate, two-time graduate from Southern University, and I am a teacher. Okay, awesome. So as you can see, we have a lot of SU alumni. I myself mm -hmm. am an alumni from Southern University. Um, so I'm excited that you two took the time today to sit here and to really share your story. After communication with some strong and powerful mothers out there, I've concluded that the reality of raising a child on your own can be stressful, time-consuming, and require sacrifice and self-discipline because you are no longer thinking of decisions based solely on yourself, but rather focusing on the well-being of your child or your children. When being faced with an unplanned pregnancy, some thoughts may surface, such as, how did I let this happen? Should I adopt? Should I abort? Have I disappointed my family? Am I financially stable enough to raise another human, human being? All of these questions may come into mind. So ladies, let's go into your story. Tori, I wanna to tap into yours first. Um, you at the time had just recently graduated from Southern University being independent and really just going into your life. So let's tap into yours. Right. So I would say uh, I was about maybe like two years out of college, maybe. And um, so I was I, I got a job in my field right out after graduating, which is a really good, a good achievement. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, living in New Orleans. I always wanted to live in New Orleans. So I had moved to New Orleans. And I was living on my own and just working in my field, you know, and I met my daughter's father on my first job out of college. And uh, he was very charismatic, you know, very charming. <laughs> so uh, was he from New Orleans? He was he's from the place. OK, <laughs> <laughs> so he um, we, he was really cool, but. I wasn't like really in a space like I wanted to be something like major or serious, but I was very young and naive and very like good-hearted. So um, I cared about him. I'm not gonna say like I was in love or anything, but I definitely cared about him. So how that continued was he um he actually like uh, needed like somewhere to stay, and that was supposed to be like a very short-term thing. But um, let's let me. Uh, rewind before that we had uh we were like off and on while he was on it we were both on our own and he uh I, we broke up so when we broke up I got off my birth control because honestly and this is not like a I'm not preaching this but I hate birth control <laughs> I really mm -hmm. do it I just don't like the way it makes me feel so if I don't have to be on it I'm not gonna be on it so we had I had uh, got off my birth control but some a couple months down the line we got back together and uh, he needed somewhere to stay, so I said I'll help him out, give him somewhere to stay. But it's supposed to be short-term, temporary. But he definitely took that he want He was hands down set on having a child. He yeah. wanted a child. He knew he wanted a child. I have no idea why he was nowhere in a position of like having a child. And I always tried to preach this to him, but he just had in his mind he wanted a child. It was the weirdest thing ever. Should have ran in. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> he... Um, uh, so I let him move in and he definitely took advantage of that window of time because you had like, you know, I don't know if y'all know, but like you have to be on your, um, you know, after your period or uh, starting your period or whatever, whenever you start the birth control mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. So mm -hmm. it was in that I, I knew I was getting on it. He knew I knew I was getting on it, but um, 
it, I remember going and everything, but I, I, I wasn't in the right time. So anyway, it was a very short window of time that he took advantage of and uh, yeah, definitely got me pregnant. So I even, um, just to go into full detail, full discussion, um, I remember, I know exactly when she was actually conceived because like when we were like intimate that night, he held me down. So, cause it's like a habit, like when I, me, when I'm intimate or whatever, when I know they about, I'm getting back, I'm clear, I'm getting the clear. Like I'm not trying to, but no, like that time he held me down and he, and I was like, you know, whatever. And even I went even so far as to, um, I took a plan B pill and everything. I didn't even tell him that she's still here. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's how, um, she got here. And so to fast forward, I, like I said, I didn't. I knew that I didn't want kids with him, because I knew he wasn't responsible, and it wasn't even really supposed to. I didn't go into it like that, and that was probably my fault because definitely if I gave someone advice, you know, they would have purpose. Like so, you wouldn't uh, allow yourself to be with certain people if you were actually dating. I wasn't dating with a purpose. I didn't. I never. And I think Yolanda can assess this too. I never looked at myself as like better than anyone or. or you know, like, oh, I can't be with that per- oh, that type of person or I'm this type of... We weren't raised like that. Mm-hmm. But it should be considered. It's not like you're saying you're better, but it's just different That's levels. Yeah, it's yeah. standards. You have mm-hmm. different levels to people. And he wasn't on my level. And I knew that. So he was, you know, he wasn't responsible. And I knew that. So, um, so what said, happened after, once you, you found out that you were pregnant, was he really like was he excited since you said that he wanted to be a father so he was continuously there i was in denial and he was just like you need to um you know take i think you i think you're pregnant so i think you take i'm like you just want me to be pregnant so bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i took a pregnancy test and i was i was pregnant he was excited he was calling her telling everybody i didn't tell anybody I wasn't. I, I I didn't tell anybody until like maybe three four months in or something like that. Matter of fact, he told my mom. He didn't even give me a chance because he was mad one day. And he just told her. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, why you took that from me? <laughs> so um. So yeah, what happened after like, your child was born? So um, during the uh, me being pregnant, we definitely uh it was because pregnancy and a child coming in the picture it just changes things. It makes it things that much more serious. Yeah. Right. So. I'm getting serious. I'm getting focused. Well, things didn't really change for him. He was still just the same, the same person that he was before, which I knew. So, um, uh, it was just one situation that was kind of like the final straw in it that we broke up. I, and I can say, if you want to hear this little short story, what the final straw story was, the Hummer situation. We, I was pregnant. I was like five or six months pregnant and we were like already like shaky or whatever. But I'm getting ready for my, my baby. I'm trying to, like, get things in, you know, get things in yeah. line. And he got his taxes. He got his tax money. And it was a, it was a large sum of money or whatever. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to be able to do this, this, and this. He went and bought a Hummer. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. and he didn't tell me. He just showed up one day, super excited. Like, look what, like, come outside. I got something to show you. Like, I was going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so, so that was my. I was like, oh, I, all right, I see. This is not. I'm, I'm on my own now. That was pretty much. That like was your pretty much. It. So we broke up before I even had Taya, and then um, 
he after that like he uh he was there for my uh deliver like when I had Taylor. He just so happened to be in town because by that time he had moved to Texas, moved back to Texas, and ever since she's been here, we've been in two separate states and. And I, I, I would like to say that contributes to him not being there, but... You feel as though if he was still here, it would not it would be, be the same. that much of mm-hmm. a difference. It would just, he would be more oh, of a... Pet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. so let's look into what it is, the, you know, the reality of it. You were excited, you know, you were on your own, you had a job within your field, right. things were going well. Right. As far as like the relationship aspect of it, you weren't really like focused on it. You were kind of just living in the moment and having right. fun. And I mean, in reality, things happen. Um, I can go to say that, you know, many people say within the 21st century, an unplanned pregnancy isn't unplanned. There's yeah. birth control, there's condoms, sure. there's many different forms of contraceptives. So even after that, even with you trying to take the plan B and things, did you ever think, okay, maybe I was irresponsible? Oh, definitely. I definitely took full response. That's why I had her, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I got this. I'm going to do what I have to do. And um, I would say, like, uh, I did kind of, like, but think about, like, um, people, like, being disappointed. Like, my mom, she was very disappointed. Mm-hmm. And then, like, me being, like, Super, I'm just known for being like smart and toy with both and all my friends. It's <laughs> like, oh my god, like I can't believe like you out of actually all out of all people, mm-hmm. toy, like, yeah. So, definitely, you know, had to deal with those things, but you know, I made my decision, stuck with it, and yeah. So, with all of that, what were some of the difficulties that happened with him being in another state? With you being a single mom, did you have support from your mother or your sisters? Yeah. So as a result of me being pregnant, I had to leave my city, New Orleans, mm-hmm. and move back to Baton Rouge where my mom lives. Cause you know she, you know nobody's gonna really support you like family. So definitely, uh, had to move back to Baton Rouge. I, I moved in with my mom for a little while just so I can get the air under my wings, so I can kind of go off and do my own thing, and um, just like even just having to rely on someone else. That's that's a thing in itself having to be at someone else's mercy or getting support from other people and having to depend because I work shift work so I would say that's the hardest aspect of being a single mom is working shift work because it changes so much so I work from like five in the morning to five in the evening then five in the evening to five in the morning so like just having somewhere like that's a safe comfortable place for Taylor at all times that's a that's a struggle within right. itself and not being able to have someone that I can kind of like partner up with that and it's just on me mm-hmm. that's a lot in itself um, so what were some of the sacrifices that you've made throughout that process I remember you mentioned trying to find a babysitter that you trust yeah like um at one point because I I was working I changed uh, jobs. I was working now in uh, Geismar, and I moved like kind of like on the on the uh, far end of Baton Rouge. So it it wasn't my mom stays all the way on the other end, so I couldn't use her anymore. So like I was at one point, I would drive to uh, Donaldsonville first, drop Taylor off, then go to Geismar and work, then go back to Donaldsonville and pick her up, and then go back. Uh, home to Baton Rouge and this is all at, at like 5 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. like so I'll be up at like 3 in the morning to try to make all this happen before having to be to work for 5 o'clock in the morning 
stuff like that. Sleep, I don't even know what that is. I mm-hmm. get it when I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so things like that. And just, um, I don't know, I guess financial, like, you know, it, it's a lot. Um, I, and I used to always, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, like, I used to always kind of be like, kids are not that expensive. Like, I haven't had any problems with Taylor. Like, I, I just, you know, have to do a little here and there. But it ain't really, uh, she's in school now. And now I'm thinking, <laughs> like, I can definitely change that whole narrative. Yes, they, mm-hmm. they she can. She was always judging me. I was always late. And I was just like, you tried this. And mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. like, I see now. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. So can you say now Despite being on a high, being in somewhat just yeah, not so much uh, a low, but just being like in a difficult moment, you know, being a child, having having a child is something completely new, right. having to go through trying to figure things out on your own, having a father who's not active within your child's life, but struggling but at the same time, making it happen. You know, making it happen, being resilient and shining through that entire process. How do you feel now, you know, as you may be a single mother, but your daughter, just from a very small encounter, she seems very bright and smart at four years old. I always think of Taya, like, as one of my soulmates. Like, definitely, her personality has pushed me to things that I never, I had to find inside myself that I didn't even know was there. Like, she is, like, one of my soulmates. But I definitely think she could have came in a different scenario. Like mm-hmm. she, I, I feel like she was always meant to be in my life. Just how she got here, is a, it could have been different. And I, it, it kind of like you know, just her makes it all worth it or whatever. But yeah, I definitely saw my my life in a, a different way, going a different way. And um, you know, like I say, you make plans and God uh, laughs at your plans. Like, right. Mm-hmm. But I definitely. Uh, that it's all worth it so yeah and I just want to tell you within me just talking to you right now like what interests me to even find out more is just the fact that you know the resiliency throughout your story you could have stopped right then and there especially being put in a situation where the dynamics of things completely change not really not so much that your parents didn't help you but because of your schedule it was difficult but you still made a way out of no way because donaldsonville y'all is not close i'm from napoleonville that's a little small town in between new orleans and baton rouge like an hour in between the both of them and guysmer is far out too so Mm -hmm. for you to wake up at 3 a.m in the morning shift work from five to five like I was determined to stand. I could have definitely easily given up and maybe stopped and maybe worked a different, easier job that would have mm-hmm. been more, um, I don't know, uh, easier for with a child because mm-hmm. shift work isn't easy with a child on your own. I definitely could have stopped at any time and just said, you know what, I'm going to just have to change this. And I, de- I actually considered that I was almost going to go into the classroom because teachers mm-hmm. have the perfect schedule for, like, kids. But, um, I mean, I did love chemistry. I do actually like my job. I do like what I do, especially now at the point I'm at. Um, I, I, I love my field, and I did want to stay in it. So, I definitely, it took a little extra effort to stay and keep doing what I was doing in my field and keep my job and stuff right. like that. And that's amazing within itself because chemistry, that's not an easy major <laughs> right. to hand it to you. Everyone you know? says, <laughs> everyone right. says that. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. 
So um, if you are just tapping in right now, Tori just released an amazing story that circled around resiliency and sacrifice and really just providing for her child and making the best out of a situation that she's still staying strong today. Now I'm going to talk to Yolanda, who is her sister, um, who was a single mother, but really not by choice. So can you go into your story? Um, so... A little background on me, straight from high school, I went into the military and um, I met my oldest son's father there and we got married. And um, two weeks before he made one, he moved out and said he did not want to be a husband or a father anymore. (laughs) So, total shock. Um, I waited around about a month or so and my mom kind of... And my sister was there through it. It's total depression. Um, they helped me move back home. And she was like, you're going to go to school. And, you know, that's always what I wanted to do. I went to the military to be able to go to school. Gotcha. So that marriage ended. And I was single. Not, not by choice. But I respected it. If that's not what he wanted, I wasn't going to force him. And I met my two other children's father. And we were together, and um, just by chance, one night he got into an argument with a friend, and he turned to walk away, and he shot him and killed him. And I had a one-year-old and a three-month-old with him. Oh, my goodness. So, Mm -hmm. at that point, you know, you just kind of have to wonder, like, why, you know? And it was hard. It was really hard because... At one point, I found myself, um, I was working in the military. I was a medic, and I always wanted to be a nurse or a doctor. So I was um, working at Osher as a phlebotomist because I was trained in the military. And I was working a night shift. I was trying to breastfeed. (laughs) It was Mm -hmm. a mess. So I had to move my shift there and put them in daycare. So the daycare that they were at, I had to have, like, a case of Pampers, pull-ups, formula, like, everything for them and for home. I had rent, car note, lights. So, like, I didn't even understand how I was paying the bills at this point because my other income, my other help was gone. Right. So, at that point, my car went out on me. Um, I was still determined. Oh, I got fired from my job. Wow. So, so what, what was the cause of that happening? Because I was always, like... Trying to get them to daycare. It was like everything was crashing on at at one time. And it's just like when you come from like having your own and being on your own since Mm -hmm. you were 17, I never had to really depend on anybody. It was just, it was difficult. So, like I said, I lost my job. And I I feel like when you're uncomfortable, you know, God is pushing you Mm -hmm. to your purpose. So, I got fired right in August, right before school started. So, I was like... You know what? I'm not gonna sweat it. I'm gonna go and I'm going to register. But then my car, like I said, my car broke down and I was catching a bus. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was catching a bus. Like and public I had transportation. Public transportation. Mm-hmm. And I had. Because um, she didn't want to ask anyone for rides. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I'm super proud. Yes. And um, mm-hmm. I had befriended um, one of my neighbor's daughter's um, friends, and she was kind of like a niece to me. Mm-hmm. And she was about 17, so I was like, I can only pay you like $100, but can you watch my kids? 
while I catch the bus to go to school. Yeah. And she did. She helped me out. I totally credit my, um, she's one of the people I credit my graduation to because she helped me so much with my kids. So um, being on food stamps, like being on assistance, and I, I was ashamed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the lady at the food stamp office told me, she was like, you get it because you need it. And when you don't need it anymore, give it to somebody else who needs it. Yeah. So, she always, she like, she told me, and it clicked to me. I was like, I'm not going to need it for long. I am going to need it. Because I really had a goal in mind. Because I was just like, I can't preach school and education to my children. And I can't finish school. Mm-hmm. So, that was my goal. And I was like, I have to finish. And I was so depressed that his, um, my children's sister was just like, you got to get out the house. Like, I was just sit inside and be super depressed. Mm-hmm. And my kids were like, wipe my tears. Yeah. <laughs> Trying not to cry. So, she had me start, like, going out. And I would see this guy all the time. And I was like, oh, he's so handsome. But I was kind of dating. But I wouldn't let guys, like, come to my house. I'm like, I got kids. Like, y'all not come to my house. Because guys are crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. And they would always be like, oh, I'm not crazy. I was like, that's what crazy people say. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I kind of I kind of dated. And when I, I met this guy, like, he finally approached me one night. Crazy. And... I hadn't planned on, like, calling him, but he was like, can I get your number? I was like, well, I don't get my number out. I take numbers. Mm-hmm. So, he was like, well, don't take it if you're not going to call me. And I hadn't planned on calling right. him, even though I had been seeing you might be so him. Much girl. <laughs> <laughs> I had been seeing him. Mm-hmm. But leaving that night, it's so crazy because um, he got into, like, a brawl fight. And I was with, like, my kids' aunt. And they were like, she was like, isn't that the guy number that you just? And I was like, oh, my God, I have to see if he's okay. And I ended mm-hmm. up calling him. And... Fast forward, we got married. Wow. Like he, um, when I would be on a bus, bus stop, he would call me, and I would be so mean to him. I was just mm-hmm. like, like nobody can help me with my problems. <laughs> <laughs> so he was just like, girl, tell me where you are, and he would mm-hmm. come and get me. And he was there, like from when my 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 baby that was three months, he was like a little over one, and he's been there ever since. Wow. And um, I was in high school, and he would go. He would get off work. He would come to my house. He would get the kids fed. He would bathe them. He was like, you need to come in. The kids are down. Go she hasn't study. mentioned that he was like 21 at the time. He was so young. Yeah. And I kept he's eight years he's younger than her. The same age as my sister. You got all her business. <laughs> <laughs> because that's very significant. That is significant. What, what, mm-hmm. Like We had like 19 or 20 Oh, he was time. 19 when I met him. That's why I did not take him serious because mm-hmm. of his age. And I kept saying, look, let me tell you something. I'm not dating anybody. I'm not about to marry. Like, mm-hmm. that's just not happening. Like, I, I had kids, and I needed to set an example. Right. So mm-hmm. I knew he wasn't mentally ready for that, and he kept saying, you don't know what, what God had for us. And he mm-hmm. would always, like, tell me, and I would, like, I read Steve Harvey's book, and I was like, you're blocking my husband. And he <laughs> threw my book away. <laughs> he was like, stop reach. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, so he um he, he was there, and he made sure I graduated. He he was, he's, he's been, like, when... When God um, takes things from you, you have to know that something better is coming right. and he after. Multiplies it. He multiplies it. He multiplied it. it. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I met him when um, he was nineteen. He had just made twenty. Like the next month, fast forward to twenty three, he bought a house and didn't tell me he bought a house. Mm-hmm. 
and he came into my house and gave me the keys. And wow. he, he was like, I bought a house, here are your, here are your keys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. just like, what? So he's been like instrumental. And I think it's important that you don't judge a book by its cover. It truly is. Because um, you were reading the Steve Harvey book about blocking blessings, but that (laughs) That was was your blessing. (laughs) So single ladies, especially out there too, you know, we mentioned earlier that you should have a standard, but at the same time, Age shouldn't matter if he has those qualities, you know. And I saw everything. We were friends first. We Mm -hmm. he chased me for a year, and I kept saying no, no, no. And he he got to a point. He gave me an ultimatum. He was like, "Look, you're either gonna be my lady, or I don't want to be your friend." And I was just like, "How you gonna give me? I make the rules. Uh I give the ultimatum." Uh (laughs) And I had to like just step out on faith. Mm -hmm. I told I was telling him it was the best step I ever made, and. Mm -hmm. But I think that's beautiful within itself, but because at the same time, a man leads and takes initiative. So for him to be like that, even at such a young age, you know, a lot of times men, they're not as mature as as us. But for him to take in a liking with you being a mother to children, like... You got a blessing. <laughs> Everybody says that, and he's like an all-around mm-hmm. guy. He's super but romantic. No, he's blessed because she's awesome. <laughs> he <laughs> always says that too, uh-huh. and like girls be like, "You have such a great, but you have a good wife as well." He's yeah. like, "I know this." Like, <laughs> so he's yeah, he's been he's been instrumental in helping me raise my kids. Like certain things and environments that were like around me, he was like. Those kids don't need to be around that, mm-hmm. you know, and just like spending quality time, family time. So, like, don't ladies don't knock it. Like, right. you gotta give some guys a chance. Like, I would never have looked his way, but God put it so that I called that him happened. that night, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we never stopped talking after that. And so. I think your story is also important because when tragedy hits, you know, right, and you just like, don't know what's going on. Coming out of a divorce, right. having moved on to someone else, and his having life being tragically taken. taken away by somebody he considered a, a friend, a friend. Yes. So that's also just an eye opener. Now, did you ever feel like I have to keep my guard up around the people that placed in my life that I call my friends because always, of that situation? Always, my guards were always. And it, he said it took him a long time to even. Like, knock down those barriers because I was so guarded. Mm -hmm. And I was guarded. And it's it's so funny because even he was one of the ones. Like, he tried to come to my apartment. I was like, "Er, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, when I did um, let him come, I was like, well, you can come. And you have to come after my kids are asleep. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to come out. But it's only going to be for an hour. And I'm going to sit in your car. And he Mm -hmm. was like, oh, you have so So many many rules. (laughs) And he was like, but that's what I liked about you. He was like, you were so different. He was like, because we're in an age of coming chill. And he's Mm -hmm. like, that's the kind of girls that were in my age group. So, to come around you and you have, like, all these rules and standards. But I knew exactly what I wanted. And I knew how I, what I wasn't settling for. And I told him all that, like, beforehand. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, I've been through this. I've been cheated on. I've been, like, it's been all of the above, and I'm just not doing it. And if you don't have anything to, to put into me, you're definitely not taking anything out of right. me. So, mm-hmm. and like I said, with, with us being friends at first, it made us so much closer because he knew going in. And I kept saying, the first the first thing you do, I always, 
I had this thing. I would say, if it's a problem, I use subtraction. Like, yeah. so always, and like, if he would do like any little thing, I'll be like, subtraction. He'd be mm. like, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Right, let me fix it. So he mm. would fix it, but mm. he tried to pull it on me. It didn't work. He was like, I'm going to subtract you. I was like, you can't subtract me. I do subtract it. Right. But yeah, he's my best friend. We do everything together. So. so it's definitely like the light at the end of the tunnel type definitely, of story. Definitely. And like, even like my kids. Like their, like their fathers, they love them. Like they mm-hmm. totally took them in, and because he's such a genuine person, my mom and it, we always joke that my our mom didn't like any of our like <laughs> like nobody except for, but she loved him. Except she loves uh-huh. him. She was just like, what about? And even my sister, like the first time I was, he called me one time, and I was like. Um, just by my mom's house, and he was like, well, "What did she say? I'm gonna come over." And I was like, uh, "No," mm-hmm. <laughs> and he still came. But he met my mom and my sister. My sister was like, "What about him?" I was like, "Girl, no." Like everybody asked me, I'm like, "We're just friends." Mm-hmm. But he, I, everybody knew he wanted to be more, more but I just that. didn't take him serious. So once I did, it was like I said, the best move I ever made. And last year, I got my master's. He pushed me to go back to school. Got my master's. I was teacher of the year. So mm-hmm. it was. That's really beautiful. You really do. Both of you have awesome stories because it's a same type of quote unquote statistic, you know, the single black mother, two different stories, but you made it work towards the end, you know, and going back to being strong in those dynamics. Let's go back into like your environment when you were growing up. You said you were raised in a single parent household, mm-hmm. but because your mom was so strong, right. you didn't even notice. We it. didn't. We mm-hmm. really didn't. And we knew, like, I had a friend, her mom and dad are still married, and he was always there, but that was her norm. Like, I feel like I had a norm too, and that right. was my norm. Mm-hmm. It's not that our father wasn't in the picture because at every graduation or I was on the homecoming court, he would fly down. Like, he was always there for, like, major accomplishments. Mm-hmm. But, like, the day-to-day, no. And we spent the summers with him. So, mm-hmm. that was our norm. And, it, right. and like, we never was like, oh, we can't have this because we only got a mama. Mm-hmm. No, that wasn't, that wasn't mm-hmm. us at all because we were, especially in a rural town that we lived in, yeah. kind of upper. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, because my mom didn't was even teacher, notice we didn't even mm-hmm. notice. My mom was like, oh. Was making pennies. I would have right. had mm-hmm. health care for one of y'all, so the other two couldn't get sick because they had older brother. Right? <laughs> and we were like, what? She's like, right. I didn't even know. No. <laughs> and but my mom, she definitely didn't come to us and tell us those things she until didn't. we got into older. the single mom situation. Mm-hmm. That's and that's the only thing that I would say was the negative in it. Right. She didn't tell us she didn't about the struggles on, mm-hmm. on until or even like men that kind of manipulate and monopolize right. off of like. We're, we're really, like, good-hearted people. Right. And some men, like, hone in on that, mm-hmm. and they take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So, right. She didn't um, educate us on that either. But I definitely think she waited. Because, like I said, my mom didn't start telling us the struggles of being a single mom until I became a single right. mom. Then mm-hmm. she decided. But I was like, but at that point, like like I said, she was such a good mom. Like, she, she did everything. Like, we had everything. everything. We did not notice not a single, like, Slack in anything, anything you know? that, mm-hmm. that was our norm. So, it will allow us to think, like, well, I can do it if it has to be done. And, and, that, and that's and exactly was, what the we, both of you did. Yeah, though. we that's fell exactly into that what we did. And it was just like, and she was so disappointed because she did not want that for us. Mm-hmm. Right. But we just was like, okay, it's, it's doable. Right. You We're did doing, it. You did it. So right. we can do it. And we mm-hmm. both have daughters and we don't want that for our daughters. Right. Yeah. 
So I think you can take all these lessons learned and experiences, pass that on to your children. So it's a purpose and a reason for right. all of it. I would definitely even, talk to Tay about everything. Right. And I was about to say, even though you weren't educated about it in your adolescent years, because she was strong, and that overlapped into of, y'all. Yeah, right. she didn't want it. I guess she didn't. I, I don't know. I feel like our mother's super proud, and maybe she just wasn't proud of the struggle. Mm-hmm. And us, us not being able to see it, why not talk about it? We didn't know it, so, you right. know, it's in the past. But had we known, I definitely think we would have yeah. made better choices. Mm-hmm. I know we would have. Because right. I will say that, even with my mom's story, like her dad passing away when she was four, there were four, I think seven, ten. 14 and 16. So these were still with children. Um, My grandmother never had worked up until that point. And my mom's older. She's 66. So this is 1954. Mm -hmm. The only choice she had was to work inside somebody's kitchen. You know. But she made it work. She sent all of them to private school. All of them graduated high school. If they didn't go to college, they picked up a trade. Right. But just at that time, my mom said they never knew that they didn't have Damn. without. Right. So just laying that foundation and providing for your children and being resilient, <laughs> that is the strength of a black woman. Yeah. So I want to take that to thank both of you for sharing oh, your no story. Problem. Different but still beautiful, resilient, and came out strong towards the end. So guys, in closing, always remember that your story is not solely for you. It is meant to be shared with other women and provide hope to those facing similar hurdles. We don't have to be ashamed and we definitely don't have to be afraid to share. You are a victor, you are a winner, and you will not be defeated. You declare growth and prosperity over your life and troubles do not last always. You are her, heroic, empowering, and resilient. And one last thing I request of each of you, if you are empowered or motivated or could have related in any type of way to the story, please share with someone else, tell a friend to tell a friend. And I'm Jay Jameson and we out.